There was indeed a watermelon in the confused question mark line of Skittles. Okay. So, like, when it was a mystery what the flavors were, they did have that in there. Sorry, folks. I couldn't let a little candy mystery like that just slip past us. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done a four-part series otherwise. <laughs> Hi, Mystery. You hear in the distance behind you the shrill cry of a demonic woman and look out toward the moon and make out the light of the moon, the outline of a head with wings and dangling entrails. I'm trying to sleep! (laughs) Kristen and I would never describe a woman as shrill. (laughs) (laughs) The head is coming right for you. Uh Without hesitation, you pull the body from out of the well and threaten to stab the body in the heart if the creature comes any closer. Take that, you lang-a-lang. <laughs> <laughs> the demon woman stops her charge and waits patiently, batting her wings, ready to do your bidding. It must be time for another episode of High Mystery. It must be. Must the podcast, be. the video right. version if you're on YouTube you or it. Twitch. Uh, the audio version, if you're on Podbean, or any one of the fucking things. <laughs> I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. We will be smoking weed. We will be talking about yeah. a mystery. And we will be bringing you better diction than you've just experienced. <laughs> but also maybe some worse. Yeah, that's true. I can't argue There's a that. lot of mumbling. Uh, I brought in some baby Jeters. Oh, the baby Jeters. Just a watermelon Skittles. Oh, that sounds yummy. It has got um, a lot of information on this. You know what though? Like I don't. There's not really a watermelon in the Skittles though, right? Mm, I I mean, maybe in the uh, tropical Skittles. Maybe. But isn't it, that would have to be like guava or like passion fruit. Yeah. You know, if we're talking tropical, that's not watermelon. No, I, I guess not. I don't know. I never no. thought about I it. I got to do some research here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing to you multiple mysteries today. Uh, this has a total THC of 40.12%. Nice. That's all. And as we've talked about many times, the reason it can go above 35 is because this is infused, ladies and gentlemen. Infused. I'm going to say there are no watermelon Skittles. In fact, when I look up watermelon Skittles, it just brings up Skittles, which is an indica-dominant hybrid marijuana strain. This is an indica uh, pre-roll. So there you go. I mean, I'm looking through the list of flavors, flavors, and so far I haven't seen a standalone watermelon. There are mixed watermelons with other things. Watermelon's a good base flavor to be combined with other flavors. Okay, there was indeed a watermelon in the confused question mark line of Skittles. Okay. So, like, when it was a mystery what the flavors were, they did have that in there. Sorry, folks. I couldn't let a little candy mystery like that just slip past us. <laughs> I would have done a four-part series otherwise. <laughs> Rob would be like, JFK would be like, the Watermelon. <laughs> I've got my high hemp wraps. They are the Dutch creme variety. Uh, the weed inside is Asphalt Cowboy. Oh. That's coming to us from Union Electric. You'll hear me talk about that brand a lot because I'm pretty much an exclusive customer at this point mm-hmm. that's like my electric, jam yeah not of the asphalt 
No, not, not specifically of the strain, yeah. but their company is basically all the weed I buy now. For mm-hmm. sure. So, you know, take that what you will. But I feel like that's a pretty good shout out for them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's Asphalt Cowboy. It's got 23.4% THC and 0.06% Civadan. Nice. I got the Twisted Hemp Wrap because you prefer those. <laughs> well, you get more for the money, too. Yep. The bang for the buck, and uh, I personally enjoy a more malleable wrap. That's just personal. It's a it's a much softer wrap. Yeah, I like a dry, high. hard, cracked leather wrap kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. If it's already formed <laughs> in the shape, even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I got Blue Dream in here. It's all Blue Dream, no nothing else. And it's got uh, 20-ish percent THC. Oh, 20-ish. And today, we're going to light that blunt like monks in the ninth century. Light that blunt. Light that blunt. We are lighting that blunt. We are lighting Lighting that blunt. Light that blunt. And Jeebus' name. <laughs> That's where music started, you know? From Jeebus? From monks. Oh. Monastic chants. I mean, obviously there was things before that as well. <laughs> Drum circles and whatnot. The yeah. first time it was recorded on paper that we have record of today. Like uh, an actual song. Like, this is the words, this is the tune. Exactly. This is the... <laughs> yeah. And around that time, you start to see more instruments develop, like the lutes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Of... The percussion of hitting your head with... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, belly slapping was very big. <laughs> I'm an innovator. <laughs> you can really taste the watermelon in there. That's the good thing about Jeter's, you know. They, they You don't even need to tell us what's the flavor. We can taste it. Honestly, like that's like taking a bite out of a watermelon. Mm. Little promo for Jeter's. So... Today I brought in a mystery, following along with the dead Kennedys, (laughs) we are going to be talking about the Chappaquiddick incident. (coughs) Okay, Chappaquiddick. Chappaquiddick. Sounds familiar, but I don't know why. Uh, I probably told you a little bit about it. They made a movie also with uh, Ed Helms and I didn't see it. That's why. I remember movies. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see this movie, so... uh, but Schools really made a mistake by not just showing movies of things. Right. Yeah, seriously. Colin would have been a gene. No, yeah. <laughs> I am a genius. <laughs> Sometime around midnight between Friday, July 18th and Saturday, July 19th, 1969, Ted Kennedy drove off a bridge on Chappaquiddick Island in Massachusetts. Whoa. Very much like, um, what's that movie with the two girls? Oh, what, you're talking about Thelma and Louise? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it wasn't off was a bridge. Like, I was like, <laughs> it was like off a cliff, yeah, off a bridge, off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> off into the sunset. Maybe it was. Do you think he like held the hand of somebody next yeah. to him and said, are we in for this? Are we going to do it? <laughs> uh, the accident resulted in the death of 28-year-old Mary Jo Kapachny, who was trapped in the vehicle. Oh, no. When you say trapped in the vehicle, like, we're not talking trunk, right? We're talking, like, <laughs> passenger. Yeah, not not in the trunk. Okay. Like, couldn't get her seatbelt undone, trapped, or, like, because the car was so crushed? Well, let's get into the details. Okay, details, details. <laughs> detail. 
Details. <laughs> the details of this murder. <coughs> I mean, Whoa. incident. Oh, <laughs> you think? Senator Ted Kennedy, age 37, <coughs> and his cousin, Joseph Gargan. Is that Kennedy? <laughs> 1969. 1969. Okay. This is Joseph Gargan, who... Uh, Ed Helms played in the movie, and that's all I know uh, about the movie. He sounds like he has a uh, unfortunate last name. <laughs> <laughs> um, they hosted a cookout party at a rented cottage on Chappaquiddick Island as a reunion for the Boiler Room Girls. The Boiler Room Girls. I totally know what <laughs> The Boiler Room Girls were a group of women that had served on Robert Kennedy's 1968 presidential campaign. Oh. Did he like make them sit in a boiling room or like? No, they just uh, they campaigned really hard and they were known as the boiler room girls. Okay. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For Maybe sure. they first met together in a boiler room or something. Um, I think it's just the boilers generate a lot of steam heat. They generate a lot of steam heat because they work very hard. It's they got <laughs> steam heat. They got <laughs> steam. <laughs> Is that Chicago? Um, no, that's not Chicago. Okay. I don't know what that's from now, off the top of my head. Six of these women attended the party, all of them single and in their 20s. The men at this party consisted of the crew of Kennedy's sailboat, as well as Gargan, U.S. Attorney Paul Markham, political associate John B. Crimmins, attorney Charles Treder, and advisor Raymond LaRosa. They're all people who were part of his campaign? Well, just, no, like... Why were they saying these names? Sorry. They were just in attendance, so oh, they, the, they knew him. On the night like in, some of, yeah. On the night in question. Yeah, some of them there. were crew members for the sail team. Some of them were attorneys, just random people. Yeah, when you're a kid, indeed, you don't go out without, like, 12 people being around you. I right. Guess. Yeah, that makes sense. All the men in attendance were married, except for 63-year-old Crimmins, who served as chauffeur for the evening. Wives <laughs> were not invited to Chappaquiddick for the weekend. Burned. <laughs> it's a boys' trip. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, sure, there'll be all these single ladies here. Yeah, right, right? All, these, all these single ladies in their 20s, surrounded by men of power. Only Crimmins and Markham <coughs> intended to spend the night at the cottage while the others were booked in hotels around Martha's Vineyard. The men at the Shri uh, Shire Town Inn and the women at the Katama Shores Motor Inn. Or Katama? Probably. Some place to stop, basically. Yeah, just they were on the mainland. This okay. was Chappaquiddick Island. Interesting. According to Kennedy... Mary Jo asked him to give her a ride back to the hotel. From this cabin or whatever. Yes. Kennedy requested the keys to his car, which he did not normally drive, <coughs> from his chauffeur, Crimmins. Kennedy put this time at about 11.15 p.m. Why, yeah, why didn't he just be like, yeah, I'll have my driver take you? Maybe he, like, liked her? Is that, you know, maybe this is an affair? Or maybe Possible. he thought he was going to get some. Possible. I mean. Any of the above. Yeah. Getting to the hotel required taking the last ferry off the island, which left at midnight. 
Mary Jo didn't tell anyone that she was leaving with Kennedy and, in fact, left her purse and hotel key behind at the party. Well, that's uh, so that's premeditated right there. She ain't planning on going to her hotel. Right? That's, I mean, <laughs> not looking too good. The exact time the crash occurred is unknown due to conflicting testimony. How can there be conflicting testimony if there's only one person driving? Mm. According to Kennedy, he left for the ferry, but had made a wrong turn going down <coughs> a dirt road. That happens when you're getting a uh, blowjob. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Deputy Sheriff Christopher Look left. Look. Yeah, right. Look. Look. <laughs> it's spelled exactly Sheriff the same. Sheriff Look. Look. <laughs> I'm looking. What do you want? <laughs> no, I was just saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> this name of mine. <laughs> uh, Look left work at 12.30 a.m. on Saturday. At around 12.40, he passed the intersection of Chappaquiddick Road and Dyke Road, where he saw a dark four-door sedan driven by a man with a woman in the front seat approaching and passing slowly in front of him. The car drove off the pavement onto Cemetery Road and stopped. Thinking the occupants might be lost, Look stopped and walked toward the vehicle. When he was about 25 feet away, the car reversed toward him. He called out to offer help, <coughs> but the car sped away, leaving a cloud of dust. He recalled the license plate had an L and two sevens, which matched Kennedy's license plate. No. If Look's account is to be believed, that leaves an hour of unaccounted for in, uh, time in Kennedy's testimony. Okay. About a minute later, <clears throat> Look saw Kennedy's party <clears throat> guests dancing in a conga line in the middle of Chappaquiddick Road near the intersection of Dyke Road. He asked if any of the guests needed a ride, which they declined. So they're just partying down the road. They're just, <laughs> they're just a in a conga line, line, yeah. Down the middle of the road. Down the middle of the road at 1240 in the morning. <laughs> I mean, this was a party for the ages, clearly. It was a 1969 party. Yeah, for real. Summer of love. <laughs> I mean, that that wasn't the song. They're like, whatever, like, we're not going home tonight. We missed the ferry, so conga yeah. line it up. Conga line it up. Yeah. I mean, they all got hotel rooms. The bridge in question is seven-tenths of a mile from the cottage. It is a wooden bridge without guardrails. A fraction of a second before reaching the bridge, Kennedy applied his brakes, which caused him to lose control of his vehicle, launching over the bridge and landing nose-first in the channel, eventually flipping over in the water, resting on its roof. So it's not very deep. And also the picture we saw earlier must not be an actual picture. Right, because it looks like it was so it was high clearly, in the sky. Like. It was like clearly on its side, too. You could see the like driver's side door and stuff. Well, uh, it might have been taken during the... Because they pull it out of the water. Okay, the excavation. Yeah. Kennedy was able to swim free of the car, <laughs> but Mary Jo was not. Kennedy said he called out for her several times before attempting to drive to dive in after her seven or eight times. He then rested on the bank for 15 minutes before returning on foot back to the cottage. Which, by the way, like, 
I feel like a lot of people are, are like, oh, like, how do you not make it seven or eight times? And I'll just say this, like, when your adrenaline's pumping, like, staying underwater for, like, 14 seconds is, like, <clears throat> if you're not controlling your breath or you don't know what to do, like, right. it's very difficult. Well, I mean, everybody's completely different. Like, I grew up in the pool every single day of summer. Like, I could definitely swim underwater for 14 seconds. But, like, I know Rob has a hard time with, like, two seconds underwater. But I'm saying try to do that after sprinting. Oh, yeah, 20, for sure. 20 seconds. For sure. Yeah. He denied seeing any houses with lights on during his 15-minute walk back. Let me stop for just a moment. So he just gave up. He's like, oh, she's ducked yeah. out there. I need to go. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Like he gave up after 15 minutes, <laughs> walked back, and there were no houses with lights on it. So he didn't even knock or. Yeah, nothing or... like that. He passed by houses, but no lights were on. So. Well, he doesn't want to inconvenience. Yeah, yeah. Someone. I don't want to bother anybody. Up, I'm there. running for fucking president here. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, fuck that guy, right? <laughs> okay, I'm glad we would all stop in the in these fucking houses. I mean, I'd break into the houses if nobody was there. To make the phone call. To make the fucking phone call, yeah. I don't know if I personally could leave the situation. Right? I mean, like, I know I'm not a capable swimmer, so I think <laughs> I might be doing more good running and getting help. For sure. <clears throat> but, you know, anyways. <laughs> uh... And also, like, looking at the depth that the car was sitting at, it seems... It's right there. It seems like you could have sat on the roof of the car and gathered your breath. Right. Instead of the the bank. Right. His route back took him past four houses where he could have called for help, but I guess they were all sleeping or whatever. Uh, However, the first house was 150 yards from the bridge and was occupied by Sylvia Malm, who claimed to have left a light on before retiring for the night. Oh. Like, I'm afraid of the dark. I always <laughs> keep a light on. Kennedy eventually returned to the cottage uh, where the party was still in progress, but instead of alerting the guests of the crash, he quietly summoned Gargan and Markham and collapsed in the backseat of the rented Plymouth Valiant. Summon the Gargan. <laughs> <laughs> Gargan drove the three of them to the crash site in order to try and rescue Mary Jo from the car. Are you kidding me? You also said that this lady lived how many, how far away? 150 150 yards. How, I don't really know how far that is, but could you, would you have been awoken by the sound of a car crashing? Not necessarily. It's a football field and a half. And there were no, there were no rails for them to crash through. Yeah. So it probably would be significantly less noisy than, like, we associated a sure. car crash, I would think. For sure. But I know what you mean. Like, if a car does crash, it's usually, like, a nice loud pop. Yeah. I mean, especially if he hit the brakes and then lost control. Like, you're like, but, I mean, uh, Rob has slept through, like, the neighbors partying. Yeah. And, like, late-night quinceañeras in the neighborhood. But he's also conditioned stuff. to it. Like, I feel like if you live out in the middle of nowhere and yeah. all of a sudden... Yeah, maybe. I mean, if somebody were screaming, I would probably hear it, and so I'm, you know, I would be, I would be screaming for help, yeah. you know, in the vicinity, running over to places and pounding <coughs> on the doors. Yeah. 
yeah, something. Yeah. Something with more urgency for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but you are uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a not potential Ted. president who's I'm not Ted Kennedy. Also potentially done a lot of bad stuff that night. Sure. You know what I mean? Like sure. who knows what drugs he's on at this point. Maybe. The current was too strong for the men, they couldn't rescue her. Uh the three current. the current. Is a river? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's in the bay, so it's like it. Huh, okay, got yeah. you. Tide comes in and goes out still. Yeah. Got it. But, uh, the three men then drove to the ferry landing. Um, the three men, all lawyers, <coughs> discussed what they should do while standing next to a public phone booth at the landing. Oh, man. <laughs> and they were spotted doing this? Or how is this? No, that's just where they all said they went to after the okay. thing. But when you go there, there's a phone right there. Right. Okay. So Gargan and Markham insisted multiple times that the crash needed to be reported to the authorities. Kennedy suddenly dove into the channel, swam 500 feet across to Edgartown, and re returned to his hotel room by foot, where he removed his clothes and collapsed on his bed. Oh, wow. But he couldn't save her. He couldn't, couldn't, couldn't save her. Current too strong. Just going to swim 500 feet out to the shore and wow. walk to my hotel. Rather than wait for the ferry. Yep. Well, the, I mean... Yeah, the ferry was the it had already done gone <coughs> for the night. So the only way to get the ferry is next by morning. well the next morning, or you can call okay. like for a special occasion, like hey, uh, somebody's sick. We need to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Huh. But he didn't do any of those things. He dove into the water and swam. Uh, he later he later put on dry clothes, <coughs> left his room, and asked someone what time it was. It was around 2.30 in the morning. Meanwhile, Markham and Gargan drove back to the cottage, returning at approximately 2 a.m., but told no one what happened. When questioned, they told everyone that Kennedy swam back to town <laughs> and that Mary Jo was probably at her hotel room. Oh, boy. At 7.30 in the morning, Kennedy was talking casually to the winner of the previous day's sailing race and gave no indication that anything was amiss. At 8 a.m., Gargan and Markham took the ferry back to town, meeting up with Kennedy. Just after 8 a.m., and uh, a man and an eight-year-old boy <coughs> were fishing when they spotted Kennedy's submerged car. They notified the nearest home to phone the police at 8.20 a.m. before returning to the car. Police Chief Arena. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Sheriff looking, Police Chief Arena. Yeah. <laughs> looking Arena, right. back at it again. <laughs> Are you sure this isn't a Laurel Hawthorne <laughs> Chief Arena arrived. <laughs> That's a little the, excerpt from Colin does Laurel and Hardy alone. <laughs> he played both bits. <laughs> this isn't Laurel Hardy and Shemp. <laughs> the arena arrived at the scene 15 minutes later. 
He summoned a trained scuba diver and uh, equipment capable of towing the vehicle out of the water, both of which arrived at 8.45. (coughs) Scuba diver noticed Mary Jo's body floating in the backseat of the car. He was able to extract the body from the car within 10 minutes. Interesting. Wait, that was after they like drugged, like dragged it over a little bit, like or just like. Uh, I mean, I think before they were actually towing it or something. Okay. You know? But uh, anyone paying attention, the crash was discovered, reported, and the body extracted all within an hour. Yeah. So keep that in mind because it is important. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the payphone at the ferry landing. The same payphone that uh, Teddy was standing at the night before, Kennedy was phoning lawyers and political advisors discussing his options. It wasn't until after he had found out that the car and the body had been discovered that he went to the police station at approximately 9.50 in the morning to make a statement. Kennedy made his statement to Markham, who wrote it out and had Police Chief Arena type that statement. Kennedy said the statement was correct, but did not sign it. The official cause cause of death was accidental drowning. A blood sample was taken, which showed a BAC of 0.09%, which meant she she had had up to five drinks within an hour prior to her death. I mean, 0.09 is not crazy, though. 0.08, you can still drive a car. Sure. Even though I think that may have changed and gone down to 0.05 or 0.04. I'm not sure. I don't drink and drive, so I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But, but I mean... No local needed when you don't drink and drive. Right. 0.09, though, I mean, that just doesn't seem... It's not crazy. It just seems like you got drunk. It just... Yeah, yeah. It just meant that um, they could tell how many drinks she had within an hour of her death. Sure. To be fair, that's pretty low for 1969, 1240 a.m. But she is (laughs) over the legal limit to drive. (laughs) So she's too drunk to drive at this point. Right, but she wasn't driving. Exactly. Right. It's Ted who was driving. Yeah. So... Um, No autopsy was conducted because there appeared to be no signs of foul play. However, Farrar, the scuba diver that uh, recovered Mary Jo, believed that she died of suffocation rather than drowning, as she was positioned in a way that she was breathing from an air pocket trapped in the back of the vehicle. Rigor mortis was apparent. Her hands were collapsing the back seat, and her face was turned upward. Also, the inspector for the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles said that parts of the roof and trunk appeared to be dry. Farrar has publicly stated that Mary Jo could have survived in the vehicle for three to four hours on the air trapped inside. Oh, I see. So that's the real problem with the... Yes. One hour recovery. Exactly. That okay. they had just not been douches. Yeah. If Ted they had, had just gone, called somebody. Yep. Yeah. Just gone to the first house that was 150 <clears> yards <throat> away, knocked on the door like crazy, 
and she would have survived potentially. A hundred percent. I thought it was going to be more like, did he kill her before she ever got in the car? Yeah. And Nay. until that revelation. Uh, Ted Kennedy had a history of bad driving. He had a record of reckless driving and driving without a license. Once, in particular, in 1958, Kennedy ran a red light, then cut his taillights and raced to avoid a highway patrol officer. He, When he was caught... He was cited for reckless driving, racing to avoid pursuit, and driving without a license. But I'm a Kennedy. <laughs> hey, come on, guy. <laughs> also, that's pretty crazy that you could do that back in the day. I don't think we have that ability now to cut your taillights. Right. I mean, you probably could if you knew how to do it. Well, yeah, like you could modify it. but I'm Like in the just, moment. Yeah. <clears throat> Quick clip to the taillights. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> Kennedy's wife was pregnant at the time. She was confined to bed because her last two pregnancies resulted in miscarriages. She would suffer her third miscarriage after attending the funeral and the court proceedings. Brutal. She blamed the miscarriage on the Chappaquiddick incident. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, stress <coughs> and, and trauma is not great for childbirth. <coughs> Let's talk about a fringe theory. There is a theory that Mary Jo was driving at the time and not Kennedy. That when the officer, when Officer Look attempted to help them, Kennedy got out of the car and let Mary Jo drive because he didn't want to be caught driving under the influence. It would have made it easier to get out of the car without a steering wheel in your way, which is probably how he got out. Okay. There was blood on her dress, which <coughs> may be consistent with banging your head against the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Plus, Mary Jo drove a Volkswagen, which was much smaller than the Oldsmobile. I mean, whether or not he was responsible <coughs> for the accident, like, he's still responsible for not acting, acting exactly. enough, yeah. accordingly. Well, accordingly. Not yeah. even fast enough. Just like, you don't do that. You're just not like, oh... Yeah, well, I'm just going to go lay down in my hotel room, no matter what it takes to get there. (laughs) So there are a few unanswered questions that come to mind. Why was Kennedy driving Mary Jo back to her hotel room? Why was there an hour unaccounted for? Why did Mary Jo leave her purse and hotel room key behind? Why did Kennedy make a wrong turn? Probably definitely because they were having an affair. Uh, I mean, most certainly. Doing it, doing it. Why did Kennedy not call for help? Why did he swim back to his hotel room instead of attempting harder to rescue Mary Jo? Because he has very little regard for human life, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and how did this, lack of a better word, murderer... (laughs) Can't think of a better word, really. I mean... It's accidental manslaughter, if anything, right? Yeah, I guess he wasn't... Uh, he he didn't actively, wasn't premeditated. Yeah, he wasn't didn't actively act. cause someone else's death. He His negligence caused someone else's yeah. death, which is still shitty. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I feel like there is an important distinction there. Sure. It's not like he strangled her or something. Right. I just feel like know. he definitely had some kind of guilt or something to the Absolutely. point where he didn't want to just do the one <coughs> thing that he needed to do, which was... Get, get her help. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, it was just the pressures of, oh, what are is the public going to think? Yep. 
X, think Y, and Z. That's the scenario that makes the most sense to me. Is just it didn't really matter to him at that point. He was just freaking the fuck out. I'm assuming he's high as all get out. You know, on question mark. Sure. Cocaine, weed, maybe some ecstasy. Cough syrup, heroin. It could yeah. be literally anything in 1969. Attention. There was <laughs> there was nothing that you couldn't get in 1969, and nobody knew anything about the. And he's a Kennedy, so of course he's got access. And I mean, he was he just left the party where they went out to the street and conga line down the middle of it. Yeah. These people are partying hard in <laughs> 1969. So, for me, the scenario is. He ends up in the lake, like he, everything he says more or less makes sense, except leaving out the affair. But I think in his head, he's just like, oh, fuck, I just killed this girl. Or like, oh, fuck, she's dead. They're going to know I was having an affair with her. I can't tell anybody about this. Hopefully it just goes away kind of thing. Yeah. At least that's what I'm thinking. Right, let me go talk to my homies who can help me make everything go away. Yep. Oh, they weren't able to help me. I'm, all right, I'm going to go. (laughs) Nobody's going to take the fall for this, Gargan? Markham? He's literally just just (laughs) running away from everything here. Yeah. Hoping it doesn't catch up to him. And obviously it did. It did. He uh, <coughs> it killed his presidential. Of course it did. But I mean, he managed to stay in the Senate for 40 more years. For sure. <laughs> Still got the name Kennedy attached, I guess. But, yeah. I mean. It's just crazy to think, like, this. The, it's a very famous, uh, you know. Incident. Yeah, incident, as we call it. <laughs> so, you know how it, yeah. I don't yeah. know how he, every every term, just nobody even tried to oppose him. That's insane that the Kennedy name has that kind of pull. Not yeah. enough for president. I guess he did try yeah. at one point in like the 80s and was like crushed mm-hmm. in his uh, Democrat, Democrat nominee. Well, I'll tell you this. <coughs> this incident would not instill in me a lot of confidence in his ability to think on a tough situation. Absolutely. You know, like, oh, he couldn't even save yeah. this lady's life or yeah. attempt to make the right call or decision. Didn't react or... well in the moment at all. Yeah. At all. Like, even <laughs> even in the most sympathetic regards, like, he's running away. He's, yeah. you know, the most chicken shit <laughs> you can possibly be. I mean, sometimes you gotta, you know, run so you can... Fight another day or whatever the, sure, the yeah. thing is, but like that yeah, was. Yeah, I'm not knocking guerrilla warfare here. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we won the Revolutionary War. <laughs> yeah, I guess he he had to have been so drunk slash high slash whatever. I'm gonna run away from this. Well, that and he was like, I need at least a night of sleep in order to get like a flush a lot of this shit out of my body, right. so I can at least be. Right. Someone sober when this I... really happened. He's like, is this yeah. hopefully just a terrible dream? <laughs> <a super bad laughs> trip? And I think in his position, the first thing he's thinking is like, oh God, what kind of defense do I build? Because he's a yeah, liar. Exactly. Yeah. What's the best way to approach this? What's the best thing to tell everybody? And both of his lawyer friends are like, you need to call. You need to call. And what does he do? He dives into the bay and runs away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Um, do we got a Patreon? We do. Uh, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I It's a new category. Oh, it's the type of mystery we haven't done before? Mm. No. Oh. I'm just, I'm packaging <laughs> it in a new, fun, exciting way where okay. I'm just going to say this. It's 
high mystery with a lisp. Um, Do what you will with high that. Mythery? M- myth Myth? Uh, uh, high mythery? Yeah, high mythery. Yes. Okay, it's a myth. Oh, I like myths. You found, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's more or less uh, a lot of cryptids, right? They come to us from myth and legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Tackling uh, a big one. Yeah, I like myths. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good, it's good to have good. a myth. Yeah. Good to have a myth. <laughs> well, also with all myths, you have like the whole real or you know an analogy or yeah, for sure. Ancient aliens, you know. <laughs> You slump the naked, headless body over your shoulder and find it to be surprisingly light, considering the head and organs <coughs> are floating 50 feet above you. Probably smells terrible, though. <laughs> well, vinegary. Yeah. You ask the demon lady to take you to civilization. She tells you that all civilization has moved away from the area <laughs> due to being haunted by a penangolin. Oh. You ask, what is a penangolin? And she tells you that she is a penangolin. You nangolin. <laughs> you tell her that if you can't take me to civilization, show me where you grow your weed. That's it for this episode of High Mystery. Penangolangs are known for their weed cultivation. <laughs> they cultivate great weed. Yeah, they, you know their secret? Vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> for High Mystery, I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. Does, does the vinegar help with like spider mites and like other parasite? I mean, naturally it would. Yeah. You got all these exposed organs flopping around. No, I'm talking about for the weed cultivation. New episodes every Monday. Want more High Mystery? Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash highmystery for exclusive episodes every Friday. Merchandise can be found at our website at highmystery.com. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at highmystery for fan art, news, and upcoming events. Thanks for listening.